Space talk it is. Space talk it is. Everybody wanted us to let space. The top two, space and treasure hunting. <laughs> so next, in a couple so, weeks, we'll start with a treasure hunting yes. series. Um, but I don't know if those blend together, treasure hunting I don't hunting know that they space, really do we'll either, yeah. Um, but space talk. So we've been chatting, and one of the first people I reached out to, he said to me, I don't know why you're calling me. Call Dr. Pablo de Leon from UND immediately. He is the person to do space talk with you. <laughs> so we reached out to him. We're so happy to have him on the line. Dr. Pablo de Leon, professor and chair, director of UND Human Space Flight Laboratory, Department of Space Studies um, at Space Sciences at the University of North Dakota. Thank you so much for joining us here on KFGO. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. That was quite a long title that you gave me right there. I know. I know. Well, I, someone else gave it to you. I just read it. Um, Dr. Dr. De Leon, tell us what we're doing in Grand Forks, Dakota, that is impacting our journeys to space. Uh, well, um, you know, at, at the University of North Dakota, we have one of the largest aerospace schools in the country. Uh, and we don't only provide training to pilots, but also we have a very large um, space education program, and we train uh, students from all over the country, uh, students who, once that they graduate, they will go to work for NASA, they will work uh, for SpaceX and other space companies around the country, and we have one of the few programs where you can learn how to uh, design systems for human spaceflight, but basically, is, you know, where, where astronauts will be involved. And that includes design of the spacecraft and also the design of the spacesuits. So um, of all places, uh, North Dakota is the, is the place in the United States where you can learn um, this uh, technology that is so important nowadays. Okay, Dr. Dalen, let me ask you this. So this is uh, 101 level stuff for me, so don't laugh too hard when I ask these things, okay? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, number one, when designing a spacesuit, what are the things that someone like myself would not know that are critical to the performance of the, the suit? Well, uh, space is one of the most hostile environments known to, to men, so... Uh, you have to design a system that will be able to operate in vacuum, that will have to provide you oxygen, that will have to remove the carbon dioxide that you exhale uh, during your respiration, will have to keep you uh, with a nice, comfortable temperature uh, in a place that has extremes that are uh, even uh, worse than the extremes that we have in North Dakota. So, so, and do all that while keeping um, the, the suit mobile and make you able to uh, perform an extremely complex work in this environment. So there are many, many things that you have to take into consideration. You have to design for humans. Um, and that, that is a, a, a special kind of field, what, what we call um, human-centered design. You design systems for humans that will be able to uh, operate in this environment. Um, so you have to think about the environment where they are going to be performing, either in space, for example, now in the International Space Station, that we have astronauts there that are working in open space. Uh, and, you know, now we are going back to the moon as part of the NASA's Artemis program. And then we have 
you know, the, the intention to go to Mars afterwards. So you have to design spacesuits that will be able to operate in all these um, different environments, each one with uh, very peculiar characteristics, temperature, soil composition, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, uh, it's something super exciting. Every, every day you learn something new, you are exposed to new materials that also have a lot of applications here on Earth because many of the materials that we develop for space later end up here uh, you know, benefiting the, uh, the, the, all of us and our economy. So, so, uh, so it's um, extremely interesting also the number of medical sensors that are originally designed for space, for example, to monitor the health of the astronauts when they are in space, and later they can be used here on Earth to, to monitor patients that may be you know, far from where the doctors are located, et cetera. So it's, it's very interesting because you see these technologies uh, turning into something that will benefit everybody here on Earth. You know, um, how much contact do you, at the, you know, you're training the next force of NASA employees. Does NASA talk to you? Yes. <laughs> like, does NASA call <laughs> yes. up UND and say, hey, this is what we need? Yes. Well, let me tell you, right now I'm, I'm uh, at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida uh, doing some work. Uh, we do a lot of interaction with, uh, with people at the different NASA centers. They call us. In fact, we just won a new research uh, grant, uh, and NASA specifically, NASA headquarters specifically asked for our lab at UND to perform the work because they said, and these are their words, not, not mine, that we are the best uh, laboratory in the country for this specific kind of work that we'll be doing. So, uh, you know, of course, that's something that makes us proud, but also is a lot of responsibility because some of the research that we do will have an impact in the near future uh, space flights that NASA is, is, is doing. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot for us. That is incredible. And just makes you so proud to be associated with North Dakota and the University of North Dakota. I mean, that, that's pretty incredible. There are two, there are two people who are working on that, that flight to the next mission to the moon that are from North Dakota, right? Am I right about that? Uh, well, they're, they're a team of engineers. I have, for example, one of my former uh, students, uh, Stefan Tomovic, he's uh, originally from Minnesota, um, <clears throat> but he did his master's in science uh, with me. Now he's building a lunar experiment where he will be trying to extract water from moon rocks. And this is super important because that will allow us that for a future lunar base, you won't need to ship water from the earth. You will be able to, uh, to obtain water from the soil on the moon. So he's one of my, uh, I, I have a number of, of, uh, of students who are now working in industry and for the government as well. Um, the other is um, uh, a caveat. Uh, Manya Pushi uh, got her uh, PhD in aerospace sciences also with me, and she developed a, um, a special electrostatic shield to repel the lunar dust from spacesuits and habitats. And now she's working at NASA at the Johnson Space Center in Houston, uh, you know, doing amazing things. So we have a long list of people who are contributing one way or the other to, uh, to the future of NASA and the future of uh, space flight in the United States and the world. That is incredible. 
I love that. Dr. Pablo de Leon, you definitely were, were one of the first calls we needed to make. Everybody was right. <laughs> and, um, it, and it's fun to hear how, you know, our, our listeners clearly engaged wanting to talk about space, but how incredible to talk about really what the work these students and the work that you're doing in, in our backyard to, to get space travel a reality. It's, it's pretty cool. Dr. Pablo de Leon, thanks for joining us here on KFGO. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye.